Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Wasatch Way. I am joined with Christian Smith and Ryan Decker, two of the best men I know. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, it's a privilege to be here. That <laughs> was our cue, Decker. That was our cue. No, I, I'm grateful to be able to do another episode with you guys. Everyone that we've done has been phenomenal. Um, just because I've had, you know, you guys know that too, the comments we get back from people. Thanks for addressing this subject. Thanks for being vulnerable and talking about this. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for tuning in once again. Um, your support means a lot to us. And please, you know, share this hopefully with anyone you know that's struggling. And I think we can maybe do some good out there, right? For so sure. here we are. Christian. Christian has something burning on his heart today. So we're going to kind of just go follow Christian's lead today. All right, let's try it. Decker, let's try it. Let's reverse this. So I'm thinking about this. We knew we were doing this a week or so ago. Uh, this is a segment of the Wasatch Way, correct? Correct. Correct. And uh, so, Decker, let's reverse this. We are now hosting this podcast. Oh, great. Todd is now the guest. Okay? That's my thinking. So, And in doing so, I'm thinking, what is the Wasatch Way? And we've talked, how many, how many, how many episodes of Wasatch Way have you done? Probably 20. So a lot, lot of Wasatch Way. But I keep going back to one, having done this for... Decker, you've been doing this how long? I don't know. Eight years. Eight years. I've been doing it going to 14. And the Wasatch Way is a different and unique way. Here's my thinking. The laws in the state of Utah, and probably federal laws, require every treatment center to use, to use evidence-based modalities to treat mm -hmm. substance use disorder and the underlying unresolved emotional pains underneath that, right? Nobody has proprietary right. information. Is that fair? Yes. So the difference in every treatment center isn't modalities being utilized because they're the same. It speaks to culture. What do you say about that, Decker? Before we get well, into this 100%. That is what the people that you surround yourself, right, make you who you are, right? I always, we always talk about that with, you know, if you hang out with people that are doing dumb stuff, guess what? You're going to be doing dumb stuff. You hang around with people that are making you the best version of yourself. That's who you're going to be. And here, I think we legitimately have the most compassionate, loving, and hard to, you know, when they need to be hard and hear things that you don't want to hear, they hear it, but they also do it with love. Um, but that's what changes every every place. It's It's really the staff and the people you're around that makes it, yeah. The Wasatch Way, right? I mean, we're extremely blessed to be able to work with our best friends. And we're all, I'd say, have the same intentions and do this because we love to help. And for me, that's uh, that's why I'm still here, right? We get to see transformations and we get to do it with some of our dearest friends, you know? Yeah. Okay, agree. Well said. So with that background, modalities don't change. Culture that you just spoke to. Decker is paramount. 
One of the unique things that I've thought about with Wasatch, I've had the privilege of working at Steps, Maple Mountain, um, Renaissance Ranch, and own my own treatment center. And the Wasatch Way has one unique thing that I'd like to bring Todd in on. And Decker, feel free to, to pipe in. <laughs> Keep in mind, modalities don't change. Every treatment center you're going to go to, residential in the state of Utah, everybody is assigned an individual therapist to meet with at least once a week mm -hmm. for individual one-on-ones. The most of the work is done in group settings, like every other treatment center, right? And there's a reason for that. That's evidence-based, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But here we have um, a guy on staff named Todd Sylvester, <laughs> and Todd thinks outside of the norm of the typical traditional curriculum of a treatment center. Correct. Where'd you get this from? Where, where did this come from? Uh, let me uh, let me start here. We're gonna get. We might offend somebody. We're not choosing to. I'm not. I don't want right. to offend anybody deliberately. But we right. do it different. Wasatch Way is not the same way as everybody else, and I'm mm -hmm. okay with that. And I'm okay with yeah. everybody else's way. Just find the culture. Sure. Utilize the modalities. Yeah. But we don't use twelve steps as a foundation of our treatment programming. Correct. And in fact. Um, tell us your thoughts on why we don't tell, tell us why, why he's smiling. You guys can't see because we're going into dangerous areas and I don't want to offend my, my friends, Brian Heaton, John Red, and go on and on and on. I want to offend you because I love, I grew up finding it in AA, but Todd exposed me to a higher principle. Um, and talk to us a little bit, Todd. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is uh, sometimes a touchy subject, but um, I definitely will never back down or shy away from it. Um, I, I do want to make it clear, AA saved my mom's life. And so how could I hate AA? I don't. Matter of fact, there's a lot about AA I really enjoy and I think makes a lot of sense to me. There's some things, though, that don't make too much sense to me. And, and, and that's kind of where maybe I go maybe against the grain a little bit, especially in recovery. I just think... Recovery's been stuck in this way of doing things for decades. And and I'm not saying one way is better than the other, but I feel like I, I hear it from the clients all the time. You know, even when I was meeting with Decker way back in the day, seven, eight years ago, where it's almost like, where has this information been? You know, I, I've been told one way, boy, this new way actually resonates a little bit more with me. And so... Um, I learned early on in my sobriety, if you will, and I, again, I don't even like that word, and I'll tell you why I don't like that word here in a minute, but words matter. Words have power. And and sports science has now finally caught up to what we've always known all along, that our words actually have energy, they have a frequency, and there's a power to it. And, you know, the old phrase, you know, what follows I am follows you. Yeah. And I started buying into that because someone much smarter than me back 34 years ago was teaching me this from day one in my, in my recovery journey, if you will. And so I am all about what's the truth and what's what, you know, call it science-based or whatever. I'm glad that what I've been kind of going with, the science is now kind of backing it up, up right? Mm -hmm. And so... <clears throat> I think a lot of places preach that we're... Hey, hold, hold, pause for a second. Go back to that concept, the science. You, we've talked, Decker, all three of us talk a lot 
in this wonderful opportunity at Wasatch. You shared a story not too long ago about an experience. I, I don't know if it was in the World Series or if it was in the playoffs or it was just a game. But the, the just my memory is that the game was tight. In fact, it might have been bottom in the inning. The team at bat is – you remember this story? Yes. Give us the details of this. Speaks to the science and the practicality. Yeah, and this is by Dennis Waitley, who is the known psychologist for the U.S. Olympic ski team. And this guy is renowned all over the world. He's probably now in his 80s or 90s. But a fascinating story he shares about Warren Spahn, the great Milwaukee Brewers pitcher. And he's pitching in the World Series. And um, I don't know exactly what the score was, but I think they were up a couple runs, bases loaded, two outs in the ninth inning. Just perfect setup, right? Like perfect scenario. And up comes the home run hitter. And so the manager of Milwaukee calls timeout and goes out to Warren Spahn and said, don't throw the ball high and outside. This guy loves him high and outside. Don't throw it high and outside. And then walks <laughs> off the mound, right? Gets back in there as Warren Spawn gets in his windup. As he's in his windup, he's thinking, don't throw it high and outside. Don't throw it high and outside. And guess what he does? He throws it high and outside. This guy hits a grand slam. They lose the World Series. True story. Look it up. True story. And what Dennis Waitley, the sports psychologist, was saying, you never want to motivate someone with the reverse of an idea. So what the manager should have done is walked out there and said, throw the ball low and inside. This guy can't hit low and inside. Keep them all low and inside. And so the, the point is words matter. Words, words are a sub, subconscious plant. Uh, sometimes they reveal themselves, and maybe not in the moment, but they reveal themselves a little later, right? And that's why when, when you come to recovery, there's some words out there that are really, in my opinion, holding people back. Well, let's get honest about some of those words. <laughs> um, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to preface it one more time. We'll probably preface this a lot. Uh, how do you feel about the 12 steps overall, minus maybe a little bit we'll talk about step one, but overall, how do you feel, Todd? About yeah, I think they're great. Uh, it's a way of life. You know, I should have a connection with a higher power. I think that's, you know, something greater than myself. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i breathing. I mean, who allows me to breathe? How did that even happen, right? If the earth was any closer to the sun, we'd fry. If it was any further away, we'd freeze. So I need to be grateful that, I even, that I'm even here. The odds of us being born are ridiculous. We hit the jackpot. And so um, having a connection to something greater than me, which I believe there is, and I call that God, you may not, who's listening to this, higher power, whatever you want to call it, I call it God. Um, that's important. I think uh, a full inventory of my life of where I've screwed up and then sharing it with someone because vulnerability is powerful. And again, words matter. And if I tell me anyone listening to this, have you ever sat down and talked to someone when you're struggling and felt better afterwards? And the person listening to felt more connected to you? Again, step four, right? Full inventory. And then five, you're sharing with someone. Makes perfect sense to me. Making yeah. amends. If I, if, I, if I did something wrong to you, Decker, I'm going to come up to you and say, dude, I'm sorry. I'm going to make amends with you. That's a very powerful thing. Matter of fact, I did that step nine in group last week here at Wasatch. So again, I'm not against the AA piece. Okay, hold on. Speaking and then maintaining those things throughout my life, beautiful. And then step 12 is the key. You master the first 11 steps of AA, you're going to drink and use again. You master step 12, you'll never touch another Say that problem. again, because you've said this since I've known you. And I want people that are hearing this to yes. hear that. Say it one more time if about you, step 12. Again, if you master the first 11 steps, you're going to drink again. 
if you master step 12, you'll never touch another drop. And step 12 is reaching back out and giving back what you've learned to someone who's less fortunate. Tell me that isn't just beautiful. And it goes with this, and I say this a lot. Um, we had a client that came through here in house one. I won't mention his name, but he shared this in group with me and I put it to memory because I thought I never want to forget what he said. He said, I tried to find myself, myself I could not see. I tried to find my God. My God eluded me. I tried to find my brother. I found all three. And I thought, there it is. Because in helping someone else, you're going to find yourself, you're going to find God, and you're going to help and find your brother. I mean, and I, I know people might listen to this, well, there's more to it than that, and there's more. Not to say we don't have stuff to work on. And I'm not to say I don't have stuff to work on. But So that part of the steps works really well for me. I Again, I don't even like to call it steps. It's just a way of life. If I wrong you, Christian, I better better go make it right. Yeah. As Deck, a man, I'm going to go to you and say, I'm sorry. Decker, I, I don't think you've been exposed to the 12 steps, Decker, because as a dear friend of yours, I don't think you've ever made amends with all the crap you've done <laughs> to me over the years. So I'll yeah, give Decker you a Decker probably pass. should get on that. In progress, not perfection, okay? <laughs> so you've been in the rooms. You've been in the rooms, yeah. all right. Well, you know, it, it's funny because I actually, when I was going through Wasatch working with Todd, we started out with the steps. Yeah. And we... The, the and, LDS version. And, yeah, and I was, God, I think I was here for 45 days. It just wasn't clicking, wasn't getting it. And Todd says, okay, scratch that. Let's try something different. And we started to dive into, you know, Toddisms and the, you know, things that he's learned in his lifelong search for how do we make this more effective treatment wise. And, uh, that's when things started clicking and yeah. it was actually super, so, so much so legitimately, I would like, I said it a hundred times, I knock on his window every morning, like 5am, just a good little, you know, yeah. A little bit of what Todd had because Todd was the king of 12, right? Step 12. Like, yeah, he shared that with me. If it wasn't for me having Todd in my life, who's to say I'm not on treatment center number 15 by now or dead? How many did, how many treatment programs did you go through? I just did one, went detox a couple of times and I did Wasatch one time. So th this speaks to another issue that this isn't close to my heart. What does the research say, either of you? Are the average attempts at recovery program-wise? How many times does someone typically, I'll dummy it down for me, how many times does someone go to treatment before they find lasting recovery? Lasting recovery in those research that I've read is nothing exceeding one year because nobody tracks past a year. Yeah. Yeah. What's the average times? My, my gut would say between 8 and 10. So the last one I saw was 7. Hmm. The last one I read out mm -hmm. of UCLA was 7. And you did it one time, right? right? I'm thinking to myself, if I go in for a laparoscopic cholestec cholestectomy, that's removal of the gallbladder, which is probably the top four most procedures done in America, and that's the tonsils, adenoids, and something else. And it takes them seven times to get it done right. The efficacy would yeah. not be allowed to happen. Yeah. And yet, here we are. We You spoke to it earlier, Todd. There's not a lot of crazy changes in the modalities over the last 20 years in our field of right. substance use disorder treatment. And I'm thinking, I get introduced to Todd, and something just goes, wait a minute. Martin Seligman was introduced to me some years before I met you, Todd. That's the, one of the mm -hmm. founders of positive psychology. Then I meet Todd of, hey, 
words have power. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I think of the experts in our field, masters level therapists and above, they don't like labels. Yeah. But it takes us to step one. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your step one. Well, thinking. I do have to say originally, I mean, it's, it's the way you, you know, culture is powerful, right? When culture buys into a certain way. So I think what they've done with step one, and when I say they, the culture of recovery has bought into, I'm powerless. Now, okay, stop. what it's saying though, what the actual says is I'm powerless over alcohol, right? You're, you're saying not, Bill W. didn't. Bill W. No. and Dr. Smith, you're w talking about a, a, a culture that's, that's maybe, I don't know, that's morphed a little bit since Bill W. and Dr. So. Bob. Again, I don't have proof of that. And anyone okay. listen to this again, no disrespect that that's what you believe. But I have seen it with, I've, for those who don't know me, I've been doing this for 34 years. And I'll sit down with a client. And when they've bought into that powerlessness, they don't, they've kind of stepped away from what Bill was really trying to tell us. So they just buy into, I'm powerless whether it's alcohol, whether it's this, and what they do, and I see this, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you two, they, they play small. And, when, and then when they blow up their lives, this and that, they go into this cultural belief, well, I'm powerless, this is tough, I'm power, alcohol was there, I couldn't help myself, or this was there. Or, I mean, the other day, you know, I, was, I asked this client, why'd you realize, well, someone had me a meth pipe, and I said, no one's handed me a meth pipe. And he looked at me like, Deer in the headlights, and I'm like, "Why are you in a put? You put yourself in a position for someone to hand you a meth pipe. No one's going to hand me a meth pipe. So what is it? Does that mean you're powerless, or are you just making the wrong decisions over and over and over again? Yes, you yes. Know, okay. Those are some thoughts. You have a you've you've written a book, or a couple. I don't know how many. <laughs> probably more than one. Wow. What's the name of your book? I am recovered. So go back to step one and go back to the big book. And I, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the big book. I, mm-hmm. To me, it's, it's literally sacred writings. The stuff in that, in that book for me is scripture, much like the, yeah. uh, much like the Bible, Old yeah. Testament, New Testament. And for me, the Book of Mormon, that's for yeah. me scripture. But if I say to my AA friends, Brian Heaton, John Red. <laughs> Decker's over here going, what are you doing, Smith? Boy, they know where I'm the at. Pot in the, yeah. If I say, hey, I'm Christian and, and I'm recovered, I get this look of, oh, hell. Christian, you're in a bad, bad place right That's now. True. Yeah. <laughs> you well, are really going, you might have already relapsed. So talk to me about that because I yeah. believe now that I am recovered and there is power with that. I don't, nobody hands me a crack pipe. Nobody's offering me a shot of whiskey or whatever like they did because they know how you live your life yeah i mean i think i heard the maybe the first time i ever heard the word recovered is from the big book (laughs) wait a minute you're saying it i'm being sarcastic here but you know what i mean it says it again if words matter and and science is now backing this up if words matter then why can't i say i'm recovered i'm smart enough to know i'm not going back to the bars i'm not going back to my friends who party and hang with them right so if words actually matter then what i'm telling myself if if belief dictates behavior which again dbt cbt all proves all this is that then i better be careful what i'm telling myself so if i'm always saying i'm in recovery for the rest of my life then i'm always going to be in recovery then i'm constantly like 
And, and I get what their point is, is that you got to be on guard and you got to watch yourself, which I totally understand that. But when, when you are living a recovered life, it's move on. Go, go do what you were born to do. And if it's in this industry, like you two are sitting here and myself, then that's great. If it's somewhere else, beautiful. But we weren't, recovery, I really believe, kind of keeps us stuck. We see it all the time. I'm in recovery. Is it possible that we could be recovered? And even when people listen to this, you may not agree with us, and that's okay too. But I'm telling you, it's because culture has taught you, well, you'll always be in recovery. Well, I think we can be recovered because if words matter, I'm going to tell myself, I'm done. It's game over. It is like I am never going back to the poison ever. And do I still need to put in the work? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not I'm not dumb. Yeah. I, I yeah. put in the work. I can look you in the eye and say I'm recovered. Why? Because I put in the work. You know, When Michael Jordan steps on the floor of the court, he's not going, boy, I hope I play good. He's like, no, I'm going to freaking – rip your heart out and dominate this game. Why? Because he's put in the work. So he can say that. I'm putting in the work. It's game over. I'm recovered. It's it's done. Recovered is a is a is a statement to my psyche. I'm not out there throwing it in your face or your face. I mean, you know, now we are here telling the world, but recovered is me telling me. I just want to make that clear. I'm not if you want to say you're in recovery, fine. If that works for you, how can I argue? But recovered works for me because words matter. Words are powerful and it makes sense to me. And Decker, perfect example. If if Decker would have come in to watch that recovery, and I said, okay, we're going to go over the steps. And I start, to, you're, you, you'll be in recovery the rest of your life. You have a disease. You're powerless, right? You're going you're gonna to have to be in the rooms the rest of your life. He would have just nodded his head and went with it because that's what culture is taught. Yes. And he just would have went along with it. We would have done the steps like, we, you know, and he would just. But when he saw this new way, he's like, I can actually say this. I can actually do this. It was like he found Christmas morning for the first time in 20 years. Is that accurate? Yeah, I don't want to put words in your mouth, no, but well, that's what it felt like to me watching you. Well, 100%. Because when I first got introduced to, hey, I might have a problem, I started going to the rooms. It was disease. I'm sick. And it gave you, it gave people an out. It gave a lot of my buddies that we were trying to figure this out together an out. Like, you know, mom, dad, I'm sorry. I'm sick. This is just something I'm going to have to deal with the rest of my life. This ain't a terminal disease. I'm not, you know what I mean? I, I choose that I want a better life and the past can be the past. There's a little thing called the atonement in the church where you can legitimately just be forgiven. That's that. Do I keep, have to keep reliving all my mistakes I made in my past? How can somebody live like that? How about just be done and, and, and have the, like I tell, like I talk about swagger, like confidence, Swag, not cocky. Oh, love that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why would I want to even think about burning my life to the ground? I don't even like reminiscing about those days. All I'm looking is forward yeah. and, and giving it away. Like you taught me, you mm-hmm. gave it away to me. I yeah. give it away to somebody else long. and on and yeah. on and on. And man, that feels good. And yeah. the more you give it away, the more you get. Yeah, you give to get. It's the law it, of reciprocity. It it's, is. It's there. It's it's set in stone. You cannot you avoid it. Like if I, that's why step twelve, as is the magic. It's the magic, right? If I go make a difference in someone's life, you know how good I feel because I help someone. I the last thing on my mind is, well, I'm gonna go blow my life with some heroin tonight. No, <laughs> I'm like literally for the first time, my heart opens up. 
and I feel some compassion and love and forgiveness like you guys feel every time you're bringing someone in here. Like you shared this morning with, we had a guy graduate this morning, and Christian shared something very, you know, uh, with a lot of emotion behind it because there, there it is. You went up to see him in the hospital. You didn't have to go do that. That's you giving it away. That's you make, letting this guy know you actually matter enough that I will come up to the hospital. And, and both of you two, Ryan uh, as well, you guys do this all the time. And it's the most selfish thing I do. Yeah, for sure, because it feels good. Yeah, because it feels so freaking good. I get paid back from it. Exactly, but we wouldn't do it if it didn't feel good. If we if we felt sick every time we helped someone, that's the last thing we're going to do. It almost feels like a calling in this life, too. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, somebody it did does. it for me. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is that, that yeah. we get to do it for somebody else? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and it's and legitimately the forgiveness, right? This doesn't... Yeah. You know, you, you can legitimately change your life. And I think us being there, done that, got the t-shirt. They see that we can do it and it gives them hope. Like, okay, we can't be just done with this and not yeah. have to continually battle this yeah. and just get on with my life. You know? Yeah. Yep. Happiness can be a choice is powerful. Yeah. It goes back to the choice, doesn't it? So much of this goes back to the choice. Um, another story, Todd, I'm going to ask you to recall again. Okay. Some years ago, you tell the story of some years ago, a client comes in. This is my version, so you have to give us the actual accurate version. <laughs> okay. Uh, client, new client comes in. You're in group early on meeting with the group, and the client, I guess, is asked to introduce herself from out of state, if I call, recall. And she introduced herself something on lines of I'm so-and-so and I am a hopeless alcoholic and I can never stop. Do you remember the story? Yes. Okay, tell us the real story. Yeah, so pretty much that. And, and Decker remembers this person. She's from Seattle. Right. And uh, anyway, she comes in day one. This is her first experience at Wasatch. I mean, she <laughs> just gets here. Imagine she's been drinking for 50 years and she shows up here and – she introduces herself to the group. Hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm an alcoholic, and I'll always be powerless over alcohol. And, I, I pa- and I'm up there with another guy <laughs> named Gary. It's me and Gary. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I said, what did you just say? She goes, I'm, I'll, I'll always be powerless over alcohol. And I, and I said, hold on. So I walk in, <laughs> go to Dave's office, and I grab the bottle of Jack Daniels that we have for exposure therapy, right? <laughs> and, I, and I come in, and this is day one. I sit it right in front of her. And then Gary and I go on to say, well, go ahead and have a drink. And she's like, what kind of place is this? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sue you guys. I mean, this is day one. She doesn't even know us. It's the Wasatch like, way. And we just kept pushing her. I was like, no, have, have a drink. You know, luckily she didn't take a drink. <laughs> but we're pushing her, take a drink. And she's fighting it. She's going, no, F you guys. She's dropping F-bombs. She's like, I'm suing. She looks at me because I'm just really digging on her. She's like, I'm going to sue your ass right <laughs> and i go and i just kept pushing to have a drink she goes no 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 and then finally perfect timing groups kind of all in groups going what the hell are we doing here and i said are you powerless over alcohol and i swear to god if you could see a light bulb click over someone's head you would have seen a light bulb just go bing and she just sat there and then gary and i went on to teach her that hey you're not powerless. Look what you look how bad you fought this. Don't tell me you can't fight this. It was the it was remarkable. And literally the whole group was like, damn. We didn't see that coming. But it was just in the spur of the moment and and that's what we were teaching her. And she's, you know, again, wrestling with the culture. Well, culture has yes. taught me this. But yeah. but man, this feels good. It sounds good. 
But again, I see this all the time where I'm most of the time when I'm meeting with a client, I'm fighting what they've been taught since they were little, right? We have to unlearn. So anyway, it was a great, great experience for this woman. It was a great experience more for the group. The group was like, what just happened there? It was like fascinating to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I just that's His words of, matter. Yeah, they do matter, and w- not only do they matter, but they produce power, and they produce reality. They produce power. There's so much going on, and that's part of the Wasatch way. That's why I wanted. I, I quickly said, okay, when you ask me to do this, um, Decker's kind of okay. He's full of crap <laughs> oh, too, by it's the a way. Monday morning, because Decker early. loves doing this. <laughs> but that particular one, when I knew we could talk about sensitive stuff, I'm in. I'm in, and I've yeah. thought about it for the weeks. Yeah. Last night, I'm researching stuff, thinking, will he let me, will he let me? And then this morning, you said, um, okay, open mic. What do you want to do? Well, you're yeah. screwed. We'll go yeah. do this. Yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate your vulnerability on this. And again, I know we're going to ruffle some feathers, but if, if your feathers are ruffled right now, ask yourself, why? Like, why? Because all I'm doing is trying to empower the client. That's it. Wasatch doesn't fix anyone. Todd Sylvester doesn't fix anyone. Any program out there doesn't fix anyone. The person will realize, here's what I got to do. I'm going to fix myself. I watched Decker do it before my very eyes. This guy, he's not kidding, would knock on my window every freaking morning, drove me nuts, (laughs) would come in here. What do you got? He was eating it up because he was realizing, I got to change my thinking. I have this posted outside my office right now. The reason why people struggle when they leave treatment is because their thinking hasn't changed. So all I'm doing is I'm trying to say, let's look at a new way of thinking. And it's not fake stuff. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. real. It's real. Like, I'll give you an example. I'll ask, and I swear on my life, try this yourself. I'll ask people, hey, what's the definition of sober? And <laughs> almost 10 out of 10 times, they go, I'm not sure. I go, that's fascinating. You've been saying that word for how many years now? They'll be like, oh, no, 10 yeah. years. Yeah. And you don't know the definition? And they literally wrestle that. I go, the definition is the periods in between using. So what you're saying is you're in the period before relapse. Why would you say that if words matter? If, so what if you said, I'm clean, knowing that if you go back to that poison, it's going to kill you. But why can't we? Because if words matter, clean is I'm done. It's game over. I'm not white knuckling anymore. I don't need to count the days if I'm done, right? Yep. yep. Tony Robbins, beautiful quote. He says, "If you're counting the days, it's not lasting change." That's going to rock people's world yes, right it now. Will. Because again, celebrate success. I'm 34 years clean, and I know that, and I celebrate it. Nothing wrong with that. But if I'm counting every two seconds, now again, I want to make it clear, I did that in the very beginning myself. Me too. It makes sense in the beginning because all we have is that next minute. I made it freaking 24 hours. Thanks. I will take another 24. I get that because that's when you're desperate. That's when you are literally like, man, I'm hanging on for dear life. But then someone comes along and teaches you, teaches, not preaches, teaches that you're powerful. There's nothing actually wrong with you. You just keep telling yourself there is. And they teach you how to unravel that fairy tale you've been telling yourself for decades. That's where change happens. And that is part of the Wasatch way. And in fact, as a 64-year-old man, that's why I'm not retired. Because here at Wasatch Recovery, it's rekindled my passion for a different way of finding a new way of living. That is one of the 
key reasons I'm here. All yeah. that are hearing this, it's Decker is one of my dearest friends on the planet. Amen. Todd, Corey, I could go on and on. But I'm here because we we promote a different way of living. And we're not cookie cutter approach. We have a little the Todd. No, that's the most unique thing. Todd probably gets tired of me coming in <laughs> introducing new clients. Hey, come here. This is Todd. Yeah. And that's because I no, I appreciate it. I love what you offer. It's yeah. different. You don't have to do a laparoscopic cholestectomy seven times to get it right. Yeah. You can do it one time at Decker. Yeah. There's no guarantee. There's no promise. The guarantee I'd give Decker, I'm shut up after this. But the only guarantee I'd give is if somebody will do the work and be honest and serve. Well, I'll quote Bill W. Rarely have we seen those guys fail. <laughs> what do you have to say, Deck? Well, like Todd was saying, Todd didn't save my life. Todd helped me save my life. Yep. He didn't do any homework for you. No, he he just when you when you get to know Todd and how genuine and compassionate he is, you know it's not BS. He's not reading from a book. This is this this is he's done the work. He's done all the research. He's just sharing it with me. And it helped me save my life. But it is a different, it's a completely different way of thinking, like Todd said. And it's, but it's, it's really not that hard. Like we oh, make it hard. I want hard. to talk about that for a we second. We make it hard. Yeah. Oh. But it really, once, once it clicked, that was that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you bring that up. And thanks for the kind words. It means a lot. And I think the world of you, is, as you well know, simplicity is power. We've overcomplicated this whole thing, in my opinion, including recovery. And I know out there it's like, oh, no, this is big deal, man. Addiction's real. I'm not. I, I, amen. It is real. It yeah. is real. It is. But I think the, the answers to the problems are actually pretty simple. Not always easy to do, but they're pretty simple. And there's, there's a, a beautiful story that James Allen shares in, in the Bible over here called Mind is the Master. And I want to share this because it says it perfectly. So there's this learned man that was known for his genius. And he walks up to a Buddhist saint who was known for his wisdom. And he says to him, what is the most important thing in Buddhism? And the Buddhist saint replies, the most important thing in Buddhism is to stop doing evil and learn to do good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the learned man says, I didn't ask you to tell me what every child of three knows. I want to know what's the most important, the most subtle, the most profound thing in Buddhism. And the Buddhist saint calmly replies, the most important, the most subtle, the most profound thing in Buddhism is to stop doing evil and learn to do good. And then he goes on to say to this learned man, it is true that every child of three knows this, but gray-haired old men and women fail to put it into practice. Wow. And I'm telling you, when, and that's why you ate it up, Decker, because I wasn't presenting these complicated things. It was like, Oh, that's all I got to do. I just have to start being honest. I have to start having integrity. I got to start being accountable and I, I, and help people. That's the foundation of my life should be based on. And it's like, yeah, start doing that. And you're going to realize you got all the answers. Yeah. I'm just trying to get you to realize and open up that part of you. That's well, the answer's here. Yeah. Kind of thing. Touch of vulnerability and, yeah. and giving it away. Yeah. I mean, it did. It does get so much easier when you start giving it away. Yeah. And you actually are always learning. Always. Right? Like yeah. like being recovered 
doesn't mean that you oh. are done working, right? No, I'm working on Like in all a- aspects, the 12 steps I love about it because it doesn't matter if you're in recovery, whatever. Those That outline is good for anybody. Right. Right? But, you know, and I love the community and stuff. But being recovered makes my life so much simpler. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, knowing that we still have to put in work. But here's the thing. Isn't that just life in general? Yes, it is. If I'm going to thrive in life, I'm going to be a better dad. I'm going to be a better uh, husband. I'm going to be a better friend, coworker. Don't I have to put in the work? Again, addiction, and all of us three were gone through addiction. It was a period in our lives. Why do I need to identify with that the rest of my freaking life? Like, think about how old were you when you first took your first drug decker 14 14 how old were you christian roughly 39 no <laughs> i had sampled it was older i sampled as an adolescent very one time and then it was 25 okay when i i sampled a little bit at 11 it really got bad at 13 yeah. is when things got bad for me but think about this decker i'll use decker as an example 14 so 14 to how how old were you when you stopped uh 34 34 so um seven what is that 18 20 years. 20 years 20 years let's say so what you've been taught is to identify yourself with that 20 years for the rest of your life i am decker i'm a recovering addict right yeah so that becomes your identity for the rest of your life but that's not really the decker that i know you got stuck in addiction which is true but why can't you identify yourself from zero to 14 who are you then you were love, you were light, you were energy, you were understanding, you were forgiving, you were strong, you were brave, you were tenacious. Like that's the Decker I saw on day one when you were broken and damaged in your own mind when I saw you sitting here in Wasatch. That's what I saw and that's what I was trying to get you. We all had this figured out when we were two feet tall. Yeah, We had it figured out. We had it figured out. And all I was doing is helping Decker realize I need to be childlike again. Not childish, but childlike. So why can't we identify ourselves with that? Yes, I had a problem with addiction for 20 plus years. Mine was 10, right? I'm, we're not denying any of that. But why can't, okay, I'm past this now. Why do I keep identifying that with me when I can say, no, it's re- I'm recovered. I'm back to who I was before it ever started. It doesn't define you. Boom. But, but the empowerment, it, it it's... It seems like there's a group that thinks if we think that way, it, that'll empower us and we'll stay on our toes and we won't relapse. Yeah. But it's now counterproductive. Mm-hmm. The science now is keeping up, is catching up, saying that, no, empowerment comes in, I am recovered. I am not. That period of time does not define the rest of my life. And that's what we're saying here is take a look at it. Well, I would agree. I bet most treatment centers would agree with, yeah, our words have power. They would agree with yes. her. So then we got we to gotta look ourselves in the mirror sometimes and go, uh, are these words that we're saying, are they helping or are they, or are they keeping me kind of feeling like I'm less than or powerless? And again, not we have many friends in this industry who are doing great and they love the steps. Absolutely. And I praise you for that. Mm-hmm. Love you guys and respect you. I hope you guys know that. Whatever this, works for but, you. But again, I'm going to teach what I've been taught, Right. The reason why I can see a little further than other people is because I'm standing on shoulders of giants. Yes. They have lifted me up over the hedge, and I'm like, oh, that world's out here. And that's what I did for you. You stood on my shoulders, Decker, for a little bit, just so you could see a little further. You still had to do the work, but I'm like, hey, here's what I've been taught. Look at it for a second. And you're like, oh, wow, that's a different world. It's a different way of looking at it. 
it seems more powerful seems whatever you know whatever it was for you but anyway i really wish every treatment center could have a todd yeah or at least the education of todd because then i could think we could really really start making a difference in this you know yeah. world that's seems to yeah. be just going downhill you know yeah and again the more we are realizing that i'm in charge of todd christian's in charge of christian doesn't mean we don't need help but right what is it god helps those that help themselves yeah isn't that the old saying that's the old saying yeah when we play victim and we're broken damaged i got a disease i'm powerless this and that oh a lot of people just families are like wash your hands off yeah but if they see me going no i'm gonna work my ass off i'm gonna do whatever i have to do to be honest have integrity to be accountable and i'm gonna help people they see me working hard in that area Mm. Uh, I got to share this really quick. I, I, I was telling this to an, a client. I says, when you, when you get home, what are you going to tell your family what you learned? <laughs> and they're like looking at me, and they know me now at this point. They're just like, <laughs> oh, brother. And I said, well, how, how beautiful would it be if you tell them instead of, well, I learned that I'll be in recovery the rest of my life. I, will, I learned that I've got a disease. I learned that I'm powerless. I learned that... I'm going to have to just really walk, you know, so on and so forth. The family's going to go, okay, that's kind of what we've been taught. And yeah, oh man, hang in there. Hold on. Do your meetings, do your whatever you got to do, right? Again, totally understand it. But what if, <laughs> and I'm telling these clients this, what if, what did you learn in treatment? I learned that I'm going to be honest because honesty kills bad behavior. I learned that integrity, if I have integrity, nothing else matters. If I don't have integrity, Nothing else matters. I learned that accountability ends suffering. So I'm going to take accountability for my life, family, me. Yeah. And suffering will stop. Because the opposite of accountability is playing the victim. victim. Suffering continues. And then I'm going to dedicate my life to helping other people. I'm going to make a difference in people's lives. I'm going to give it away. And if I do those four things and I make that the foundation of my life, and then you add all the other things in there, you know, vulnerability, gratitude, surrendering, all that stuff. I love it all. But I'm telling you, if you built on those four principles that you learned in third grade, by the way, <laughs> game over. Why did you just tear up? You've teared up at least three times. <laughs> but the, and I had to let those pass because it broke. It would have messed up the talk, but I'm not now. You just, you can't yeah. see those are listening, yeah. but he just teared up for the third time at least. Yeah. What is it about what you say that, Cause you to go there because someone taught me this and I'm so grateful. Someone showed me a, a better way, a different way. I, I'm so grateful for it. And, and I just wish people are hearing the love behind this. And even those who might even be offended at this point, still, <laughs> I would say, why, why, why do you have to be, you don't need to be. And just these words mean so much to me because I was taught them and it changed my life. Not just, getting past addiction this has helped me be a better father a better coworker, a better dad a better friend you, you name it better church going person you know more spiritual or whatever you want to call it that's just it means a lot to me thank you and if i could get this into to people that would be great but, it's part of the wasatch way yeah. decker do you have any final thoughts i don't that was awesome well, uh, this is fun. Decker, Ryan Decker and Christian Smith substituting uh, <laughs> for you. Todd Sylvester at w the Wasatch Way. And we'd like to thank Todd Sylvester <laughs> himself for being a guest on his own show. And a sponsor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a sponsor. Okay, Todd, I'll turn it back over to you. 
I'd like to thank Christian and Decker for your friendship, honestly, um, for your example. The clients absolutely love you guys because you are the line of, you you are the safety net that have caught people who are desperate. And to see them come in here, I, I hear it all the time, people sitting on this couch in my office saying, I would not be here if it wasn't for Christian. I would not be here if it wasn't for Decker. Like, think about that. You you are opening up this world to them that they never would have had otherwise, or they would, you know. So I just want to thank you guys for your wonderful example and friendship. I love you to death, and I would, I would take a bullet for either one of you. Um, thank you for sponsoring the show, too. Um, I think Christian's going to pony up, like, what, a couple grand? Lunch. De- Decker's <laughs> going to do another couple grand. Yeah, you get lunch or <laughs> coffee or something. Yeah. <laughs> No, anyway, I say that in jest, but you guys just supporting this means a lot to me. And uh, those listening to this, please know we love you. Um, again, mm-hmm. if you don't agree with what was said today, I still love you. Yeah. We love you. Again, whatever's working for you, how can we, if it's working for you and you're happy, we'll, we'll be the first ones to hug you and congratulate you. Again, these are just some other thoughts, maybe an- another way, maybe, maybe not. And that's okay too. But thank you for tuning in. If you have a friend or a loved one who's struggling, please give them a link to this episode so they can listen to it. Um, if you have someone needs treatment, Decker, what's what's the yeah. number they would call to reach out to either you or Christian to, to get the ball rolling? Just call me directly, 801-318-4240. Okay. And what's your cell? 801-870-1379. Yeah. Christian. First one was Decker. Yep. Call him if it's three in the morning. You can call me in three in the afternoon. <laughs> call me. We'll take it either way, won't yeah, we? Either which way. Christian goes to bed by five p.m. So call <laughs> before five p.m. Decker doesn't go to bed till three a.m. Yeah. So you Just know, call, call him at seven. <laughs> anyway, love you guys. Thanks for your time today. And, and again, Wasatch Way episode. I don't know what this number is, but thank you. These are awesome. Thanks. We love you. Thanks. Love you guys. Till next time, everyone. Stay clean. Thank you.